So it's not about getting rid of it. It's about understanding these parts of yourself so that you can keep that um, promise that I will never settle for less than my heart and soul desire. Hi, I'm Eden. I'm Sam. And this is Ruby the Podcast. We are a community of young women seeking answers to the hard questions and discovering what it means to cultivate our purpose. So join us as we interview world-changing entrepreneurs, creatives, and industry experts. All here to share the wisdom we need for living the Ruby lifestyle. One of authenticity, wonder, and intention. So take a breath, settle in, and get ready to discover who you were made to be. We are so grateful you're here. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Bonjour. Bonjour, mademoiselle. Guten Tag. <laughs> what if we Hola. could say in every single language? That'd be sweet. That'd be really cool, actually. Like, be able to... Or just, like, not even just hello. Like, every... You could speak every language. That'd be kind of... Oh. Like, you can communicate I with I want to speak Spanish. It's so pretty. I, I've it is. It's actually so pretty when you hear it. Yes. Fluently. No, it is really... It's fun to hear yeah. other people speak. I'm Sometimes looking I, over. Oh, sorry. No, say it. Say it. Go ahead. I was just gonna say I'm looking over at this. Okay, so little story. My sister had like a birthday party in February. This is so off topic. Nothing to do with Lily <laughs> speaking. It Lily is this like droopy plant over here. Like we, my sister had like a birthday party in February, and we had like these bamboo for it because she like loves pandas. And so, like, we finally planted them in my room, and if you could see, they were already, like, kind of dying, but we were like, maybe they'll revive. So, it's, like, in this, like, pot, they're, like, it's, like, the Leaning Tower of Pisa, because it's, like, really tall. And so, every day, I'm, like, trying to, like, pat it down and, like, water it with, like, my drinking water that I'm literally, like, drinking out of. And then, (laughs) yes, one time I asked, my blankets, like, flew on it, and then dirt got everywhere, and I was just sad. Mm. But Mm. that's, like, all I have of houseplants. Everything else is, like, fake. Yeah, I have a couple. My mom got me some from Eastern Market, which is in Detroit, um, and it's the cutest place ever. But anyway, so I have a couple, and I bought a fiddly fig, fiddle Aww. leaf fig. I oh. think I was with you, Sam. Wasn't I with oh, you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was with you and some of our other good friends. Um, and it's really hard to keep alive. I didn't have room for it anymore on my little side table because it's just like a little stool so i only have room basically for my lamp and one mini plant basically but you know i keep saying basically so sorry no so problem. sorry i didn't even notice <laughs> so i had to move my fiddle leaf fig onto Aww. my desk but then it wasn't getting enough light so then i moved it downstairs hopefully it will come back to life and and thrive again but the struggles of a plant I remember I, I came over to your house and there was like already five leaves gone. Like after you <laughs> they it. all dropped off. Well, it was because I didn't like plant it in an actual pot for a while, so that was an issue. But well, it's, okay. it's hard to get to. It's we're learning. Yeah. One day we'll be experts, and then our houses will be full of plants. It's my dream. Yes. I always tell my mom I'm gonna have a bunch of real plants in my house one day. Uh huh. You had you just have to have natural light. You ha- you need to have big windows. Well, you don't have not big, but a place where you can put your plants yeah. basically because. If it's mostly dark, I don't think it's... Unless you have certain types that don't really need the light. I'm not yeah. an expert on that. You have to do your research. That'd be fun yeah. to have someone on the pod of, for, like, plants. Ooh, like a that would be expert. really fun. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Anyway, today we're talking with Christine Arilo about Your Inner Mean Girl Part 2. 
we're just going to dive even more into the specifics of each type mm-hmm. and um, just understanding yourself better so that you can really learn to know yourself, really learn to love yourself. Um, she is an author and a speaker, and if you didn't hear part one, you need to hear that first. You definitely um, need to soak up what she said there to understand what's going on in this episode. So um, head over there if you haven't listened to this one, if you already have, and we're excited you're here, and we'll see you on the other side. I'm afraid that no one, like, no one's going to care. Like, we're going to put this out there, and then, you know, and and it's, like, not going to be good enough. Like, we'll never get there. So she was, like, I was able to express all of this fear and, um, And so the thing that this is what I learned about comparison, what you see in somebody, two things, what you see in somebody else is also present within you. Mm -hmm. It's just not expressed fully Mm -hmm. yet. And so when you see somebody that, or you, you know, whether it's a person, you know, or it's somebody that is, um, you don't know, but that might be, you know, more in the public eye, um, you ask yourself, what is it that I'm seeing in this person that I admire? Right. What am I seeing in this person that's inspiring me? What is that I'm seeing inside of this person that I want to express more of in me? Because the comparison queen is interesting. She will either make you feel she has what we call the um, superiority mirror and the inferiority mirror. So the inferiority mirror makes you feel like crap about yourself. And she tells you how you don't measure up, but she also, like you just mentioned, and she'll, she'll, she'll point it out at somebody else and compare you to somebody else or them and make you better than. So it's still Mm -hmm. the same thing. And so if you can ask yourself, what is it? So like in this case with Marianne Williamson, who um, I think most people know who she is now because she ran for president, but she ran for president, but she's been a, she's been a, a writer and a teacher for many, 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 many years. And she's a very powerful, intense teacher. Me too. <laughs> and so, you know, when I would go to see her talk, I would just get these tears in my eyes because I was seeing in her this part of me that wanted to be expressed. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and so then I asked myself, what is it in me that wants to be expressed? And it's like, you know, I want to be, I want to be speaking. I want to be talking. I'm going to be helping people change their lives and finding the truth within them and express that fierce wisdom. Um, I actually did meet her several different times. This is very similar. Sometimes the people that you're at your comparison queens, they'll, they'll, you know, that will happen. And so it's also interesting because Amy, who I wrote the inner mean girl book with and ran the school with, um, for a time, that's how we met. We both of our comparison queens almost sabotaged our partnership. Mm. So, I saw she was doing a, a, a summit, a telesummit online before anything was, before people even did that. And she was actually interviewing Marianne Williamson, super funny. And I was like, <laughs> oh, she's having a summit. She's doing the thing I want to do. And look, she knows Marianne and no one even knows who I am. And I'm all alone here in my little house, with my little book contract, right? <laughs> smaller and smaller and smaller. And so here's what you do. In addition to that part of like, what is inside of me that wants to express? Here's a double dog dare with comparison. You reach out and you tell the person you're comparing yourself to what you admire about them. You connect to them. So comparison isolates and creates disconnection. That's why you feel heavy when it happens or you get anxiety. So I sent, in this case, I sent an email to Amy 
and it said subject line, kindred spirits connect. And I, um, I told her who I was. I told her what I loved about what she was doing. And I invited her to what I call wise woman tea. And I asked her to have tea with me. Turned out she mm -hmm. lived a mile down the hill from me in Oakland at the time. And we went on a hike together and she had not published her first book yet. And so her comparison queen was telling her that she was a loser because <laughs> she hadn't done her first book yet, but we ended up coming together and really supporting each other and, you know, had a great five-year relationship. So that's the kind of stuff that can happen when you work with that part of you. And the last thing I'll say about the inner mean girl and the comparison queen, and then you, we can go wherever you want with this is that your inner mean girls never go away completely mm -hmm. in times of stress or stretch, they will show back up. They show back up less often. So the key is to really understand where do they come from in you? How do you know they're present? And then when they show up, be like, like I can smell me and Patty. Like, it's almost like I can smell her coming. I'd be like, uh-oh, uh-oh. And then, you know, I'll, I'll have the comparison queen. And, so, and then I'll say, oh, how am I stretching or stressing myself right now? Like, how mm -hmm. am I stretching? And that helps me actually, then I'll ask, so what do I need to support me while I'm going through the stressor or the stretcher? What do I need to support me? And then I can kind of, then I can calm down and then I can take the next step. So it's not about getting rid of it. It's about understanding these parts of yourself so that you can keep that um, promise that I will never settle for less than my heart and soul desire, mm. because you're going to have anxiety. You're going to have fear if you're a human being. And this is part of the, the distortion. I was just writing an article about this, about how we mistake strength in women that we have to be like a super, like a, like a machine, like a superwoman, and that we're not supposed to have these feelings of fear or frustration or blame or shame or whatever. That's what makes us human. Right. It's, it's don't set up a camp over there, you know, let your build a condo with your inner mean girl and like, be like, I, you know, swim around in those forever. <laughs> but it's like that it's the emotional sensitivity married with emotional resiliency that actually is strength. Mm -hmm. And so you want to understand how your heart works, how your mind works, how your body works so that when you stretch or you're in stress, you can get yourself recentered and rebalanced, but also if you can slow down and really get curious about like, what, what is this part of me? Like, where does it come from? And what does it need? It's actually telling you what you need and it's, you're not getting what you need or it's, or sometimes the inner wisdom in your inner mean girl will say the same exact thing. Mm. They'll just say it different. Mm -hmm. So she's trying to get your attention to be like, you know, Hey, don't date that person. Hey, don't go to that school. Hey, you know, she's like, but you're not listening. And until you can learn. So this is what we have to learn as, as women is to, 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 to work both of these, the inner mean girl and the inner wisdom. And as the inner wisdom gets stronger, the inner mean girl releases her grip on you. And so the negative self-talk, the self-sabotage, the, the confusion, the doubt, all of that starts to lessen because this part of you who is totally, we're born with it. She's like your guidepost. Like you said, like Ruby, like, you know, I love that, you know, Ruby is, a, of a, is like embodied, like your own Ruby. We all have our own inner Ruby, our own inner wisdom that knows exactly what your path is, that knows exactly what the choices are that are in alignment for you. But most of us don't know, we're not taught how to listen to her 
And even if you taught how to listen to her and you know how your inner wisdom channels work, which there's six different ways your inner wisdom speaks to you, it's hard to sometimes trust it, especially when the stakes are high um, or, it's, or it's hitting a part of you that is kind of where those initial love cracks are at. Yeah. So you mentioned before that there's 13 different inner mean girls. I'd be interested to hear just you list some of the other ones so that our mm-hmm. audience can kind of find, oh yeah, like that's that's the one that's really in me right now. Okay, I'll read these. And then um, Sam, maybe you can tell us which one feels most present for you right now. How does that sound? Sounds good. Okay, I'm just gonna go here to page. I'm gonna go go to the. I, I pulled the book open. You can also, um, for anyone that wants, there's actually a quiz online. If you go to innercriticquiz.com, you can also Ooh. take the online assessment as well. And then this is in. Um, it's also in chapter one in the Reform Your Inner Mean Girl book. Okay, so here we go. I'll read them off. See which ones might be living within you. I love all my inner mean girls. I have to say, I have pictures of all of them. So when I read it, I'm like, ah. <laughs> Um, all right number one achievement junkie number one the achievement junkie and the achievement junkie as the she's like the one who's like moves the bar she's always like you know telling you why aren't you there yet why aren't you there yet she's chronically dissatisfied she loves to over focus on the future she says things when you get there you'll be happy or you're not working hard enough or like for me, she's like, you'll, you'll succeed at something. And then she'll be like, yeah, but that didn't really count. And then she moves the bar hiders, power hider hires. She's like that. Okay. Two is the comparison queen. We've talked about her. Three is the doing addict. So the doing addict is like the energizer bunny gone mad. She's like your inner taskmaster and slave driver. She never stops. She, she's the part of you that will um, try to accomplish more than humanly possible in a day, a week, or a month. And she'll base your self-worth on how much you get done. And she just can't rest. Um, my mother, this was my mother, total doing it. The woman had a job, ran Girl Scouts, had a, a second like job she took on. Like, the woman just, she couldn't sit still. So I inherited the doing it. Sometimes we will inherit the um, inner mean girls of our mothers that can totally, mm-hmm. that can totally happen. Um, and so she likes to say things like resting isn't productive, stop being lazy, um, or you should be able to get more done, or you can't play relax until all your work is done, which of course it never is. That's the doing addict. The drama queen. So the drama queen thrives on chaos and loves to keep your life in a state of turmoil, loves to feed off the adrenaline. She loves reality TV. She loves social media. She loves just being, you know, all this drama. So she's addicted to intensity, talking about her problems, other people's problems. Um, she'll create drama to get attention, create a a problem where there isn't one. And also she loves to gossip. She's a big gossiper. And she'll say things like, they're all talking about you. They know you're a fraud. You can't trust anyone. And, or did you hear about, like, she just loves to jump into that, that drama. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I do not have that one. Thank God, but she's, she will mm-hmm. suck the life force out of you for sure. Okay. Next one, the fixer and the rescuer. This one focuses on what is wrong with everyone else. And then it gets you to spend all of your energy and time helping other people. So she takes all the responsibility for other people's problems. She meddles, she sacrifices her self-care for caring for others. And she's a total over-empathizer for, so for any of you that take on other people's feelings and that um, it's kind of the distorted 
distorted use of empath or empathic feeling ability. So like your, your, your worry, she loves to worry. She's kind of, she's a good friend with the worry wart who will come up to. And she says things like these are, so every inner mean girl has toxic habits and big fat lies that go with her. So the toxic habits are the things she makes you do. The big fat lies are the things she says to you. And so the big fat lies she says is they need you. If you love them, you would help them. If you don't help them, no one will. Mm. All right. You tracking Sam? Cause we're going to, we're going to know. We want to know who, who your number one is. All right. <laughs> okay. The good girls, the next one. And, um, she is the inner people pleaser and she's desperately afraid that no one will like her. If she doesn't do what people expect of her, say the right thing or sacrifice herself. Some of her toxic habits are allowing people to take advantage of you over giving to others that then creates a deficit of time and money and energy for you. She sucks at creating boundaries. So you either have loose or unhealthy boundaries. And she loves to say yes. When your inner wisdom screaming, no, say no. And <laughs> she will make you say yes. <clears throat> and her big fat lies are things like you have to do the right thing. If you say no, people won't like you and taking care of yourself is selfish. Mm. The next one is the head tripper and the head tripper, basically, if it's not rational or practical, she poo poos it, she woo woos it and she shoo shoes it. So she all, she wants the facts, Jeff and nothing else. Mm -hmm. And, um, so she will, um, her toxic habit is avoiding taking risks and making change unless you have total certainty. And she will also make you um, obsessively search for the answers, like on the internet, da -da -da -da, where the answers are, where are the answers, where are the answers, or from other people. And one of her big fat lies, one that I, I just like abhor is be realistic. It's not realistic. Be realistic. And there's, um, there's, um, there's more, but it, um, there's the invincible superwoman. There's the martyr, the overly optimistic partying cheerleader, the perfectionist, the rejection queen, and the worry wart. But we would be here for another podcast. We're going to go through all of those. So well, I'll stop kind of with those, those there. And you can also take the quiz, the inner critic quiz, um, and also .com. And then also it's in the book. But um, Sam, I'm curious which one, which one kind of stood out for you? Oh, I mean, I think it's hard because it, there's so many that you're like, oh, little bits of me sometimes like experience those things. Um, but I would, I definitely want to take the quiz. For my Enneagram type, I'm a three, which means I want to achieve. Mm -hmm. And so I think achievement definitely, but the hard thing for me is I want to achieve, but I also like don't want to begin. So it's like this constant like war with myself. Like, mm -hmm. for example, I procrastinate and then I don't do my best. I get the things done, but they're not the best. And then I get mad at myself. You know what I mean? So it's like a constant cycle almost. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a big one for sure. And comparison queen. When you were talking mm -hmm. about comparison, I was thinking about how much it resonated with, I think me and Eden, especially like the way I compare myself to Eden. And like you said, seeing it almost as something like you can be. And so when I, for example, like sometimes I'll see Eden do something and I, first of all, I compare a lot, but we've talked about it and saying the things out loud that we get jealous about are like really healthy for us, I think. And, um, but sometimes I don't, I'm always like, I don't want to copy you though. I don't want to do the same thing. But like you were saying, um, taking things that people have done and make doing them your own way. Mm -hmm. So I think that was really, really cool. And it helped mm -hmm. me see that, but definitely comparison, definitely achievement. Um, I think 
yeah, those are the main ones. So, um, well, I love, so a couple things. One, I love the presence of the Enneagram. So I've been studying the Enneagram for about 20 years and, um, I use it. So all the Enneagram is completely represented all the different types, all the different Enneatypes are represented in the inner mean girls. So when we mm. created the archetypes and we used to have 20 archetypes, we brought them down to 13. I made sure that all of the Enneagram, um, all, all the Enneagram personality types were represented in the inner mean girls. It's not like, it's not a direct correlation, but they're all, they're all in there. Yeah. And, um, cause the Enneagram is an amazing tool. Um, and so the other part is that, um, I love what you just said about how you and Eden talk about your comparison Queens. So this is one of the ways that we can, as women really, I think makes, this is like an act of social activism. It's not going to sound like it, but it is. Because if we if we if we think about social activism and how we can change the world, it happens first by shifting on the inside. And the fact that you actually know your Enneagram type at um what's what's can I ask what your what your biological age is? 16. 16. It's like, whoa, like you are so like I tell your achievement junkie this, you are so far ahead. <laughs> You're so far ahead. Like it's like this is I get to work with mostly women in their 40s and 50s and 60s, but I also work with young women in their 20s and in their 30s. And, um, and then occasionally I get to work with, um, with women in high school, which I really love. I was just like, gosh. And so when I'm working with women in their 40s, they're like, any of who? <laughs> like what? And, you know, and so they had to wait all the way till they're like, when, you know, and they've already made some big decisions, like where they're going to school and who they marry and, you know, all these different things. So the fact that anyone that's here listening that you too, like you wouldn't be here if you didn't value self-awareness. And if you value self-awareness means you can also value self-empowerment. So self-awareness is I know who I am. And this is, so when I teach self-love, I teach the 10 different kinds of self-love, or I call the 10 branches of self-love and self-awareness is one self-acceptance is another self-empowerment is another. And so self-awareness is I know who I am. I know who I'm not. Self-acceptance is I accept myself for who I am. And I actually like, I don't want to be anybody else. I love being me. And that's, that's where comparison sits those two. Cause it's like, you have to know who you are to actually overcome comparison, but you also have to accept who you are. And when we're in relationship with other, with other amazing women who are also conscious and willing to, to, you know, kind of dive into self-acceptance and self-awareness and we talk about it. So I have a dear friend, Shasta Nelson, who does a lot of work around friendship and wrote a couple of books called Friendtimacy. And she'd probably be a really good person on your podcast. She does mm. great stuff around women, women's relationships. But we talk about our comparison queens all the time. So we've been meeting once a month for five years. We have what's called a FEMA mind. She's part of my wisdom council. Okay. And we support each other in our personal lives and our professional lives. And Shasta's like, I don't know how she does this, but like the wall street journal will call her up and glamour magazine, like all these, like oh. all these, like, you know, she's like the media just come to her. And I'm like, I could stand on a building and blow the biggest bubble ever. And no one would see me, <laughs> you know? And like, and, and so my comparison queen's like, how do you do that? You know? And, and, and she's so, she's very deep like me, but she's also very like shiny. So when people meet her, 
they don't experience her as intense. Like, oh, she's so lovely. Oh, you know, oh, it's Shasta, which makes her crazy because she's like, I am serious, people. Like, I am a deep person. And they, 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 they don't experience her that way at first, but that's part of her superpower, right? Because mm-hmm. she can like deliver these very deep things, but in a way that people, you know, aren't scared of her. Me, I kind of scare people sometimes because <laughs> I'm very, I'm very intense. I have a Scorpio moon. I have a Scorpio rising. I'm an Aquarian. Like, you know, I'm an eight on the Enneagram. So I have a lot of, of energy. And so, and I also create a lot. And so Shasta's comparison queen will be like, Christine creates all these great things. And she's on all these programs and these, this, and this, and this, and why does she do all those things? And, and so we talk about it. And because we talk about it and we give voice to our inner mean girl, then we laugh about it. And then we say, don't give this is the other part. What does your inner wisdom know? What does your inner wisdom know? And, or in relationship, reflect back to each other. Like this is how I see that in you, you know? And that's that, that part of being able to acknowledge each other, which is, is also part of acceptance. It helps us accept ourselves when other people see us. Mm-hmm. It's really what we're, what we, it's a human need is to be seen. And sometimes there's a wisdom teaching that says being seen as as close to being loved that we get the two confused. Mm-hmm. So if you think of some of the distortions we see, and especially I see this on social media and this desire and this need to be seen that makes girls and women do really distorted things. We'll just say that it's a whole other podcast. Mm-hmm. So we could probably, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you address this. It makes me so sad. I'm just like, oh my God, don't like, wh- why are you posting yourself in that bikini, you know, and, and not a judgment against someone, someone who's done that. It's like, it breaks my heart because that there, that's the part of her that needs to be seen. Right. It's, some of us do it through academics. Like there's lots of different ways it happens. Like I don't, I don't think that any of us are above that. It's that's, that's really the realm of the rejection queen. And most women have comparison queens and or rejection queens. Those are kind of the, that's the deeper one, which is why I'm still reforming mine. You know, I've been doing this work now for 20 years and I, my, my rejection queen, she's, she's three quarters of the way there, but she's still like, when I put my last book out overwhelmed and over it, she definitely came up. She's like, no one sees you. No one will ever see you. You know, you're too deep. You're too this, you're too that, you know? And, and so it's so, and I'm like, I see you. You don't have to protect me. It's okay. Like, I'm not going to be rejected. I'm going to be okay. And so I just share that with you all, because I think sometimes we don't see how just being different in our own lives and that self-awareness and acceptance and then doing it for each other is actually changing the world. Mm-hmm. And it's actually, um, it's actually how the world changes. So mm-hmm. oh my goodness. thank you for the, what you, thank you for calling this community together. And thank you to all of you that are here. And thank you for like having these conversations and like for all of you who have achievement junkies, you're, you're all ahead. You're so far, ahead. You're, mm. you know, like in the best way, you know, it was not like mm. as a comparison, but just like to acknowledge it's not about being perfect. It's not about never having these emotions. It's not about never having doubt or fear or whatever. Um, it's just being able to know how your heart works, how your mind works, how your body works and what you, who you are at the deeper heart and soul level. Um, and then all you can do is live your life and walk that way. And then 
we're going to have confusion sometimes. And so that's why it's important to have our, what I call our wisdom council around us. Mm. So you know, this Ruby community is part of that. You, Eden and Sam are that for each other and to really cherish that and really value that. And it's one of our superpowers as women is connection. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness, Christine, you really just beautifully intertwined like so many different aspects of life and just being a woman and, um, so beautiful to hear everything you had to say. One of our favorite questions to ask every guest is if you could go back to your 16 year old self and tell her something, what would you tell her? That's well, my, my inner mean girl and their wisdom. Sometimes they're funny because like, yeah, I grew up in Chicago. So they're, 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 they have a, they have a very Chicago sense of humor. <laughs> so they're, they're kind of snarky sometimes. And, and I just had this vision. Um, my first car was an emerald green car as it was a muscle car. So I liked cars growing up and mm -hmm. I was, I, I got along better with boys than I did with girls back then. So it was this like muscle car it was fast. It was emerald green. It had white racing stripes down it. <clears throat> and so I saw my, an emerald green is the color of sovereignty and self-empowerment actually mm. goes with the sunflower. So it's interesting. I've had three emerald green cars um, and I'm thinking about getting a Jeep next. So <laughs> it kind of follows Ooh. me. But what like initially the first thing that came up for my, like my, 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 my belly um, was don't go out with that guy, dump him, dump him. <laughs> you know, like that was like, and, and that would have been my ex-person. I call him my ex-person not because he's not a person, but because he wasn't ever really a partner. And so we kind of, we stayed in relationship from uh, when I was 15 all the way until I was 30. We broke up and, you know, stuff, but it was just full of a lot of drama. And right. I probably could have learned those lessons and I would have gotten to California um, faster if I, and I would have, one of my, one of the only regrets I have, um, and it's not a regret anymore because I've transformed it, but was not going away to school. So I actually worked full-time while I went to undergrad and worked full-time while I went to graduate school. And because wow. I was afraid to leave that relationship, my father died when I was 14 and my best friend um, was murdered when I was 15. So mm -hmm. I had a lot of loss very you know, early in my life. So I kind of like stuck, I just grabbed on to him and I grabbed mm -hmm. on to his family and I grabbed on to my friends. But I, but I, my achievement junkie, like partly why I created her was to, to kind of get me out of that. Like, cause, cause, cause I had other things. I had a different destiny mm -hmm. and I was afraid to let go of all those relationships. And I would have went away to school and I would have taken student loans. I didn't know you could do that. Cause there was no one around me that told me you could. And so I had to actually go back. Um, one of the things that you do when you're 30 and 40 and 50, if you don't know about self-love and self-awareness growing up. So you have to go back to the moments when you didn't trust yourself and forgive yourself and know that you're doing the best. So I would have ended that relationship. I knew six months in that we were not supposed to, it was not the right relationship for me, but I couldn't make, I couldn't make a different decision. Mm -hmm. And so I just, yeah, created a lot of drama. I'm grateful mm -hmm. that he released me and all of those things, but I knew six months in. So that's, that's what my inner was. That's what they both said. They're snarky though. Dump them <laughs> you know, in the relationship. So that would have been, that's what she would have said. Yeah. Other than that, I, I did a pretty good job. I think <laughs> I would say so. You have a lot of good, a lot of good stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> I feel like we could just talk for like a whole day. Like there's so much, like I never even like fathomed like what, how much the inner mean girl could like actually play a role in every single thing you do and so this really has been incredible thank you so much you're welcome thank you so much for for being here you all 
you have reached the end of our part two episode with Christina Rilo. You know she's amazing. I mean, you can just tell by her energy, the way she talks. She is so knowledgeable in just the inner mind of a woman and how we get down on ourselves and how we can better ourselves as well. So we hope you got something out of it. Share it with your friends and family. Share it on social media. Thank you so much for listening. This episode was produced by Taylor Kanigowski, edited by Kat Smith, and all music was created by Ethan McCullough. We love you, and we'll see you next week. Stay ruby.